Good morning, everyone. Good morning, all. Praise God. I'm so glad to be able to be here with you all today, even though it might be rainy and the weather is pretty gloomy, but I believe that our God is always with us. Amen. This morning, I will speak about living with Jesus. In this world, they believe the fact that Jesus is a good man. Amen. He has give uh, he has fed five thousand people with their five loaves of bread and five fishes, and they always he always teach others that uh, to do good. And Jesus always say that you have to love your enemies. Whereas a lot of other um, teachings teaches us about um, revenge and a lot of people in this world believe that Jesus is a prophet from God and he has delivered many miracles um, turning water into wine, um, turning the blind to be able to see and all, all, all of the illnesses can be healed and God knows for sure that Jesus is a prophet of God and a lot of people in this world believe that he is a leader of a religion because his people has been called uh, Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ. But a lot of people in this world cannot receive the fact that Jesus is a savior and that's why this world they won't be able to understand the true meaning of Jesus the real Jesus. But praise God that you and I here today, we believe in Jesus. Who believes in Jesus? Praise God. Because we believe that Jesus is our Savior. That is why we're able to know Jesus, the real Jesus. Not just knowing Jesus, but to live with Jesus also. And if we live with Jesus, then we definitely will enjoy the blessings that Jesus has prepared for us. And this morning we'll see how we can live with Jesus. How do we live with Jesus in our everyday life? The first thing that living with Jesus starts with the cross of Jesus. Let us take a look at Matthew chapter 27 verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In English it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Matthew chapter 27, verse 46 is a very interesting verse, because on this cross, was the first time that Jesus called his father as my God. In the previously Jesus always called his father Father. And Jesus himself said that if you see me you will see the Father. He always speaks about the Father. He always called him the Father but on the cross this was the first time that Jesus called out my God my God and he even said my God my God why have you forsaken me why is it 
that this has to happen. It's because when Jesus was put on the cross, he、um, is replacing the sinners. As a human, that is 100% human. And when he's on the cross, he like all his holiness, and he became 100% human as a sinner. And all the sins that have、um, been given to him,、uh, he bears. And so then, all the hatred and everything has been given to him. And right that moment. The Father in heaven turned his face away because he couldn't see how the, the wickedness that humans did in Jesus' body. He loved Jesus for a, a moment because on that cross, Jesus says, "Eli, Eli, lama sabatani." My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And these verses have been quoted by a lot of people in the world. The fact that Jesus is not God, because the worldly people they said, if Jesus is God, why did he call my call out my God, my God? That means Jesus himself is not God himself. But they don't understand the fact that that's what has to happen when he was up on the cross. Jesus represented the sinners. He represented us. So then, he is 100% human. He called out, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" He can't. The Father could not see the wickedness that the people in the world has done to Jesus. The Father in heaven cannot stand the torture that Jesus has to go through, and this was the only occasion where the relationship between the Father and Son has been、um, broken for a moment. In quotation marks, all the power and the holiness of Jesus. All his godly、uh, power has been let go. It doesn't necessarily mean that it disappeared, but、uh, Jesus never,、um, never lost his godly power. But he has let go of them, so then all those nails and everything can be driven into his body, and. If his godly power has not been let go, then there will be not even one nail that can be driven into his body, and he will let go of his godliness, and he represents 100% human upon the cross. All the existence of his holiness has been let go, and that's why he is able to give up his life. He won't be able to 
die if he did not let go of his godly existence. So then he is able to surrender his life. And when he surrendered his life, he said, it is finished. Today, let us take a look at it closely and understand it closely, the mechanism of how Jesus can become our Savior. How is it that Jesus is our one and only Savior? The one that is supposed to be crossed is us. But Jesus has replaced our position and received the punishment of our sins on the cross. So what is the result of, of replacing the sinners on the cross? What is the impact to us, the believers? The first impact is that we don't need to die anymore because of sin. Why? Because sin has been paid fully on the cross. Our sins have been paid in full on the cross. So that's why we don't need to experience death because of sin. All the price of sins have been paid in full and all the punishments have been received by Jesus. And he has gone through it. He went through it. And there is no more death or sins. It is amazing. You can imagine, right? So let's say if you have a debt and, um, and the person who gave you the loan um, has, you know, has reported you and then if it was already checked on the, you know, in the uh, court and everything and th when the judge asks you do you really have that debt and you said yes I do have that debt and then there's one person who come up to f the front and said oh how much did you owe them and in, for example you owe them one million dollars and that person said oh I'll pay it in full it is finished the case is closed and then, if that's the case, can your can your case be opened up again? Obviously, it won't because one case has been closed. It's already been closed because it's paid, and the same case will not be able to be opened again in the court. Amen. Likewise, I want us to realize that realize and understand this concept why is it that Jesus can become our savior why did he pay it for our sins because he has already done it on the cross so you can imagine let us go into a court case again and when the person goes oh I have already paid your debt and if you said oh are you really gonna pay for it i don't believe it 
that person said, I have, you know, I have paid for it, and you still didn't believe it, and then the judge asked you, do you receive that, like, can you receive the fact that your debt has been paid for by person A, and he said no, can, the, can person A pay for your debt, can he, he can't do it, why, because you disagree with what he, his decision was, you're the one that has a problem, and he was going to pay for your debt, but you didn't accept that. Even if someone is willing to pay for your debt, and you, but you're the one that doesn't want to receive that, you disagree with the fact that you don't want to pay, you know, to receive the payment, then you will never receive the freedom from that debt. So when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, when the debt of sin of us have been paid in full by Jesus 2,000 years ago, if you and I have received what Jesus has done on the cross 2,000 years ago, then the debt of sin that we have done has been paid and it's finished. But if you can never receive the creation of salvation that Jesus did on the cross, then no matter how long it is, your debt will never be paid. That's why today, the decision to believe in Jesus will transform your life. The decision to truly believe and to receive the creation of salvation of Jesus on the cross will make our status of life change from the person that has that was in debt becomes a free person from a sinner to become a righteous man who in he wants to receive the creation of Jesus salvation praise God it is a grace from God It is a grace from God if you and I can receive and believe the creation of salvation by Jesus on the cross. I want us to look at the court case again. And then when the judge asks you, when you say, no, I don't want to, I disagree. And then the judge will ask you, why is it that so, you know, there is a person who is willing to pay for your debt, but you do, you refuse it. And you keep on saying that, no, no, I want to try to pay off my debt. And what would the judge say? And he goes, okay, well, you can do it. The judge cannot say that you're stupid. Even though you are stupid because someone is willing to pay for your debt. But you disagree. You refuse to. We were, supposed, you know, we were able to receive that freedom, but the judge will say, okay, well, let it be. The case will continue to be open and it cannot be closed. And the judge will allow you to continue to try to pay your debt off. In this world, 
there are so many of similar cases where there are so many people who could have received the creation of salvation by Jesus Christ, but until this moment, they're still uh, stubborn because they can feel the fact that they can do things to save themselves, even though it is impossible. It's impossible for a sinner to save another sinner. The person who can save a sinner is the person who is not a sinner, and that person is Jesus. We have received the eternal life, and we have been called by the um, by being saved. Not because of our good deed. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Who are there? There is the people, his people, the people who believe in him, who believe in Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when our sins have been forgiven, and when we receive that forgiveness of sins from God, and when we receive the grace of salvation, right at that moment, God is with us. He said that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Whatever situations you are in today, if you believe in Jesus, then your life will never be alone. Maybe a lot of people wouldn't understand you. Maybe your parents cannot understand you. Maybe your friends have moved away from you, but God, uh, but Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always with you. Amen. That's why today we can give thanks and be grateful and joyful that we are able to become a wise person. We won't um, postpone the opportunity to receive Jesus. Those people who do not believe because they feel that they are able to find another way. But maybe they might think it's able to save them. But let me tell you that on this earth, in the Bible it says that under the sky of heaven there is no, there is no other name that can save us apart from the name of Jesus. Why is it that that's the fact because you can never rely on other humans because everything on this earth is limited they're limited with the ungodly but uh, but there is uh, there's no limitations with um, eternal things that's why we have to be grateful that we can be saved by the grace of God if the first thing is that we don't need to die anymore because of sin, what would happen if we received the creation of salvation by Jesus Christ on the cross? The second reason is that the relationship between 
Father and Son is restored. The sinners have been made righteous and made holy. So then today, if you believe in Jesus, we can call our God Father. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It's amazing. Who are we to call our God Father? Do you admit that the fact that all of a sudden when you walk on the road and then a little kid calls you Father? Hello, Father. Would you want that to happen? You don't even know this kid, but all of a sudden he calls you Father. Would you feel burdened? Is that even your son or your kid? Of course you probably wouldn't accept it. So who are we who we can call our God Father? There's not even one good deed that we have done to make us um, a person who is able to call our God Father. So then today, we're able to call him Father. In Genesis, we've been, it was written that we have been created in the image of God himself. We have been created not to be the same as when God has created the other things in this world. When God created the other things in this world, he, he says, let there be sun, let there be moon, let there be stars, it happens. But when God created human, the Bible says that we were a, work, we were a workmanship of God himself. We have been created with his hands. That's why the Bible says that we, are, we were created to be the same as the image of God himself. It shows how our status is very special. God makes us to become his children. There is no such a thing as being the same as the image of God apart from human. Even the angels wasn't, wasn't created to the image of God. But humans were said to be created similar to God's image himself. That's why in Psalm it says that we have been created as the humans, uh, the peoples of God, and we have been crowned by God, just like Himself, because we are the descendants of God. We have been created to the image of God. There's not even one person in this world, apart from your children, that will look like you, right? Or there might be resemblances, but not exactly like you. 
obviously really skip and I use skip the sound will be exactly like you know will have ex will be exactly like his parents. God has sees us as his children and we have been made his children just like his descendants. That's why when Adam did not fall into sin, he won't be able to die. He has an eternity life. But when the sin comes into Adam, that sin has separated the relationship between father and the son. Sin has changed his uh, existence from a person that is just like God to become someone that does not uh, that's not similar to God. That's why if you look at Genesis um, chapter 5 verse 1 to 3 when Adam has has delivered his son it was said that how if God were created human just like the image of God when Adam had his descendants his descendants is in the it's like the image of Adam who is a sinner there is a change in status so when you and I believe in Jesus believe in the creation of salvation 2000 years ago then the status of being the image of God has been restored the relationship between father and son have been restored again that's why in Luke chapter 15 when Jesus has given the um, the parable of the lost son he said that father I am no longer um, I'm no longer worthy of being called your son just call me your servant because he feels that he has already sinned and not worthy to be called his son even though the father did not die but he asked for all the wealth but what did the father say the father called his servant and bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted cloth here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for my son was dead and is alive again it is so clear the fact that it's not God who leaves us but we who left him because of our sins but when we return to God then there is a way that God has prepared for us that is Jesus the sinners will not be able to return to God without going through Jesus that's why Jesus said that I am the way and the truth and the life and there's not even one person who can come to the Father except through me this is a clear statement that the sinners in this world will not be able to return to his creator without going through Jesus 
That's why we have to believe and truly understand that Jesus is the only way so then we are able to go up to, the, uh, to God. That's why if we are able to receive the creation of salvation, then we will receive that grace. When, the, when Lucifer fell into sin, God did not pay his sin. But when sinners, um, but when men became sinners, God used Jesus to pay for the dead of sins of humans. That's why he needs to be born as a human to represent the sinners and to die on the cross. He has to give himself his life to die on the cross so then we can receive in the eternal life. If the relationship with the Father and Son have been restored, then the rights of being the, um, the descendants and his children is also restored. The prodigal son have been accepted as his son again because Jesus says, I don't call you a servant. We are the sinners who are not worthy to be called the, the children of God. But God wants to take us back as his children and our status has been restored. The ring represents the rights as a child has been given to him. In other words, if when this uh, when the prodigal son received the ring again, he have the rights back as being the son. He can inherit. Um, the wealth and he can be the son of the father and when the prodigal son received the sandals it's, it represents the authority he's able to go to the land that the father has and he's able to own everything that the father owns his status, his rights and his authority have been restored that's why today grateful the fact that we we believe in Jesus because the status of father and son have been restored. You have to know the fact that you have the rights to inherit things from God. You have the authority to rule the, this world, to rebuke all the devils and everything. That's what the Bible says, whatever you tie in on earth will be tightened in heaven. Whatever you let go in this world will also be let go in heaven. That's why don't ever think that you're just an ordinary person. It is the biggest mistake. Our image and our paradigm about ourselves have to be changed. Others will not be able to change you from yourself. You have to know and understand for sure the fact that 
you are God's children. You have to live as God's children. You have to know for sure how to live as God's children. To live with Jesus. And if we take a look at it here, everything starts from the cross of Jesus. There are so many churches who speak about the blessings of God all the time. But let me tell you today, to live with Jesus starts from the cross. There is no, there is no way of living with Jesus without the cross of Jesus. There is no blessings of Jesus if there is no cross. That's why as God's children, to live as God's children, to live with Jesus, is the life that focuses on the cross of Jesus. It is a life that is willing to to carry the cross. We tend to wish for the blessings but not the cross. Uh, just because it's raining, you, they don't go to church. Just because you caught a flu, you don't, you don't want to go to church. There, there is, it is so easy for us to let go of our status of being God's children with all those simple things. Why? Because they, because they don't learn to live, to carry the cross. You and I cannot carry the cross. But the Bible says that we have to ca carry the cross of, like, our own cross. Every, in our everyday life, we have our own cross. That means we don't follow the flesh um, desires. We have the obligations to carry our own cross. If our life is focused on the on carrying the cross, then automatically the blessings of the cross will be received by us. If you and I don't want to learn to carry the cross, then how can we enjoy the cross? How can we enjoy the blessings from God? If we don't carry the cross, then we won't be able to receive the blessings. So to live with Jesus and to live focusing on Jesus is to focus on the creation of Jesus' cross and to carry our own cross. Amen. Who wants to carry the cross? Tell your neighbor, let us all carry our cross. So without the cross, there is no blessings of the cross. So the first thing is to live with Jesus is to live focusing on the cross. And the second thing is to believe and do the word of God. Why is that a lot of people are too lazy to read the Bible? And they have so many excuses. Oh, my eyes are, uh, I'm getting older, so my eyes can't see the words anymore. And you can tell them they're still magnifying glasses. So even if you can't wear your glasses, my mom in Surabaya always asks me for the magnifying glasses. 
And then I found in Korea, um, I found one that is quite lightweight in Korea. Um, I got it for her. Why? Because she is longing to read the Word of God, to read the Bible. Why is it that a lot of Christians don't like to read the Bible? A lot of Christians, when the Word of God is about to be shared, they're ready to fall asleep. Why? Because their heart is not longing for the Word of God. Let us take a look at John chapter 8, verse 30 to 32. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's amazing, isn't it? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. We tend to be satisfied to be the follower of Jesus and being called Christian. But to believe in Jesus, you pay nothing. You don't have to pay anything. Because to believe in Jesus, you just need to receive. But to be the disciples of Jesus, you pay everything. You pay for everything to be the disciples of Jesus. To become a disciple, you have to pay for everything. To believe in Jesus, you don't need to pay anything. But to be the disciple of Jesus, you have to pay. And you have to pay the price. And you pay you have to pay for everything. As a student, you have to pay. You have to wake up early in the morning. I still remember when my mom wakes me up in the morning. Oh, I'm still sleepy. But I still have to wake up, get up and go have a shower and you just feel like you just want to be in bed. You want to stay in bed and sometimes when I have a shower I still close my eyes because I was still sleepy. I want to sleep but I have to go to school. There is a price that we have to pay and to be a disciple of Jesus it is says that you are my disciples indeed. So if you want to be the disciple of Jesus, you have to pay the price as being a disciple. You have to go to school. You have to sit there from 8 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You have to study. You have to make notes. You have to do the exams and everything. And after school, you still have to do the homework even when you just wanted to take a nap. There is a price that you have to pay as uh, to be a student. So if you want to be a student but you don't want to pay the price, do you think you can become a student? The school is supposed to start at 8 o'clock but you come in at 1 o'clock and you just come in and you say, good afternoon teacher. The teacher will ask you, where have you been? And you say, oh, from home. And then the teacher asks, oh, don't you know what time school starts? And you say, 8 o'clock, but why is it that you come in 
this light and you feel like, oh, I just come in whenever I feel. And then the, your teacher might say, okay, well, if that's the case, go and study at home then. It's impossible. You have to go to school from Monday till Saturday in Indonesia. And you have to come in Monday. And probably you come in Monday and then Wednesday you come in. And then you come back uh, come back in on Saturday too. How come you only come in Monday, Wednesday and Saturday only? And you feel, you said, oh, you just wanted to come in whenever I feel like it. Do you think you can become a student? Of course not. When there is exam, you don't want to do the exam. And you say, oh, why don't the teacher take the exam for me? Do you think you can study like that? You can't. Because when you become a student, that's when you say, yes, Lord, I want to be your disciples. There is a commitment. And there is a decision. And there is a certainty, the fact that I want to follow everything, all the rules and everything to become the disciples of Jesus. And the Bible says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And this is the key. You won't be able to become the disciples of Jesus without the word of God. You can be the follower of Jesus without the word of God. Yes, you can. You can just listen to the word of God once a week at church, but you can never become the disciples of Jesus without living with the word of God. To live, in Je- to live with Jesus is to live with the word of God. That's why today I really want the congregation to receive a breakthrough in our lives so that we can all in, uh, experience breakthrough in this new year. Those who are lazy to read the word of God, they can start to long for the word of God. Those who are so lazy to pray from this year onwards, you can be diligent in praying. Don't repeat the same laziness that you had in 2012 in the new year. It's your loss. There has to be a longing in, in our hearts to receive new blessings in this new year. Why is it that we don't want to live with the Word of God? It's because they don't understand how amazing it is to live with the Word of God. If a bad thing is, if we don't need to worry about dying because of sin, so what's the next consequence for us? Death cannot be concerned about the Christians. Death is only moving from from being alive in this world to go up to heaven. And we need to be saved. Not, you know, not hopefully we're saved. All the other religions, they think that hopefully they're they are saved. Hopefully they go up into the heaven. But those who believe in Jesus, there's no longer be hopefully, but it is certain that we'll be in heaven. So then, so then we can be up in heaven with Jesus. That's what Jesus said, wherever I am, I want 
them all. All the disciples to be with me. In his prayers, in John chapter 17, he said, In the house of my father, there are so many places, and I'm going up there to prepare the place for you. Because of our position, have been replaced on the cross, then we have the right to go and occupy the places that Jesus has prepared for us. So it's no longer something that we need to worry about. So what is it that we need to worry about is to live in this world, our lives. There are so many people who are scared of dying. It's wrong. The thing that they need to think about is our lives. How do we live? How do we live with Jesus? To live with Jesus is not a smooth sailing life. There is enough in the downs and there are bumps here and there. And the Bible says that God can free us, free us from all the um, the troubles in life. To live with Jesus is not it, it's not necessarily that we are trouble free or problem free, but we tend to be able to have problems and experience illnesses, but. But when we live in such an artistic life with Jesus, it's a life that is beautiful. You can imagine if everyone has a uh, half white skin and they're all white skin and there's no other colored skin then the life is not beautiful. There is a, uh, an artistic. Then the, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Lily taught me um, how to combine so many different colors and um, contrast col uh, the colors so then the paintings can become beautiful. The, the variation in life have been placed in our lives so then we can ha feel happy and we can feel sad and we can feel the successfulness and sometimes we can feel the trouble and sometimes you're healthy and sometimes you're sick because God makes our life beautiful that way. But unfortunately, when we face our artistic life, we tend to focus on what happens. We tend to focus on the fact of what has happened. And when we're ill, we tend to focus on our illnesses. And when we face a problem, then we focus ourselves with that problem. And, and the fact is, the fact can change. Morning, day, and night, they can change. In the morning, you might have a headache, but then it can disappear. Uh, during the day and then at night you might have back pain or whatnot. The fact can change, but if we live with the Word of God, the Word does not change. In the song it was said that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus is never changing. 
and his word never changed either. And the Bible says that let the sky and the earth disappear, but there's not even one dot from his word that will change. So God's word is firm and it's stable. And so if our life is still focusing on the fact that happens in our lives, then we'll be we'll always be weary upon all the ups and the downs in our life. So if we focus on the word of God, then we will have a firm life. We will not be shaken. I'll take an example. When you're ill, they take uh, they take your blood test and it's shown that there is that you caught something. And the doctor said that you're ill. And the fact is you're ill. Obviously, you don't feel good. And through the blood test result, there is a virus. And it all speaks about the facts. But if you only look at the facts itself, then you will be disappointed and you will be worried and you will be shaken. But if you remember the word of God, Isaiah chapter 5, 53 verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So the fact is we can be ill, but the word of God says that we have been healed by his stripes and we have been healed. We are healed. So when we are ill and we believe in this verse, then we are healed. Why is it that Jesus tells us the fact that we will be guaranteed receive the promises of God. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit has been given to us. This is the reason why Jesus lives with us so then we can understand the fact that we have a warranty, we have guaranteed the fact that we will receive every single promises that God made. When you and I receive God's promises, it's not because we're good. Not because we are good as being God's children, but because of Jesus. Because there is Holy Spirit that has been given to us as a warranty. The warranty of salvation that is the Holy Spirit that is in our life. I want to give you an illustration, a simple one. Maybe this illustration is not as close, but I hope that you can understand this illustration. If you go to the restaurant and you're given your menu and you choose the dishes that you want to order, you only need to choose something in the menu. So in the menu, there's never been, uh, the, the ingredients were not listed. So maybe, for example, fried noodles. It's only fried noodles, right? But when you pick that dish, who cooked for you? The chef inside, right? As long as 
you will receive a fried noodle dish as you wish for. It should be okay. You don't know what happened in the in the kitchen there. You never know if the chef shed his sweats on it or whatever um, herbs and everything that they put in there, right? As long as you receive the you receive the um, noodle dish, you'll be happy. You don't know whether the chicken have been on the floor and just been picked up from the floor and then chucked in there in. As long as it tastes great and it's delicious, right? Now, in our lives, for us, all we need to do is to believe in the Word of God. Whatever it says, just believe the fact that the chef, the Holy Spirit chef will do its work to make it happen. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is a chef, but something similar. The mechanism is quite similar to that. As long as we know the Word of God and can believe in the Word of God and we we'll do the Word of God and that's all that we need to do. When you're ill, then you believe that Jesus' blood has healed us and we are healed then. And that's all we need to we need to do. So if we believe the fact that we're healed by his stripes, then you don't need to worry about your illnesses, right? About two weeks ago, two weeks ago, when uh, after I finished the painting lesson um, with Mrs. Lily, my heart was moved by God to pray for Paul. Paul is um, Mrs. Lily's son because Paul has been. Um, have been told by the doctor to have liver cirrhosis in in his body and uh, my heart was moved to pray for him and after I pray for him you can ask Mrs. Lily the details but I can feel the peacefulness in my heart and then last week when I met Mrs. Lily and Paul again and then they shared that Paul just had uh, a checkup with the doctor and all the analysis shows clear and he was healed totally healed and he just need to check uh, next year again just for a general check but all the liver cirrhosis and the problems and everything is he is healed we don't know how the Holy Spirit works. All we know is that we believe in His Word. There's not even one thing that is too difficult for God. Whatever problem you have is too simple for God to resolve. That's why if we believe in the Word of God and to live with Jesus and to live with His Word and doing His Word, then I believe that all the promises that God has given to us will happen.
there and there is no exceptions because the Holy Spirit has been given to us and He is a guarantee of us receiving every single promises that He's made. The Holy Spirit doesn't differentiate, oh, just because yesterday you were too lazy to read the Word of God or to read the Bible, then these promises doesn't work for you. But now, if you believe in Jesus and you believe in His Word and you truly does the Word of God, then every single promises will happen in our life. Without us realizing and knowing how the, how God works, it will be too complicated. But as long as we receive the blessings, that's why if you are longing to live with Jesus, then you can never live without the cross. And you have to believe and do the word of God. Those two simple things, to believe in Jesus and focus on his cross and also live with his word, I can tell you that living with Jesus is a life that is so beautiful and artistic. You don't only know Jesus, but you also live with Jesus and to enjoy the blessings whom he is longing to live with Jesus. Praise God. Enjoy the word of God and experience it. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, if you want to believe in Jesus, then you will be able to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If the liver cirrhosis can be healed by God, there is not even one thing that is impossible for God to heal. Amen. Let us live with Jesus and His miracles. Let us pray.